Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part media club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good. That's it? Yeah. Oh, a.k.a. Alex Good. Okay, well... <laughs> Dude, I forgot what I said. I forgot what I said. <laughs> I'm going to be honest... I thought this was all some elaborate ruse for me to have for me to like set you up so you can go in for double dipping here, because um, that would have been a little on brand. It would have, but ladies and gentlemen, let me let me pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm a little off right now. I now have two children, and I'm not calling them high maintenance, but it's not like being single. You know, I got responsibilities, and these responsibilities—that's what I call my kids. Responsibilities um, are affecting my life a tad more than I realized. <laughs> I knew uh, my life was going to change and I knew that after kid one and I knew that after kid two, but I just forget how much like effort this is. Cause I just make plans and then be, and just forget I have kids when I make those plans. And I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be a lot of work to actually follow through with these. So maybe we should just like not do it just for reference um to put this into perspective i don't know in the last two months if we've recorded when we initially thought we were going to record yeah it's becoming a problem (laughs) to the point where i feel like why even try just why even try i know it'd be easier for editing if we could get it out a day earlier or if we could record a day earlier so you'd have time and there'd be no pressure and every time we do it i can't do it dude I can't remember when there used to be a time when we were like three weeks ahead (laughs) where I'd be like, Hey, I got nothing going on. I'll just watch two podcast movies back to back and then we'll record them like with one day in between. We recorded like three episodes in one week before that is not happening. Dude. I don't know when that would ever happen again. Maybe if I ever got like divorced and it's like, Hey, I don't have the kids this week. I do want to bang out some episodes. <laughs> so all of you hardcore devout podcast fans, you know what you're looking for to get more content. If you're really missing out on us, there is one direct influence that you can change in order to make this work in your favor. Yeah. Do you really want me to be your stepdad? <laughs> because <laughs> this could happen. But anyways... That's that uh, that explains the energy. So if you're wondering, that's the energy. And if you're wondering about my energy, it's the fact that I don't know how to run a podcast. <laughs> and um, literally this entire intro, I moved the placement of my microphone and I've been trying to get it back this whole time. And like there's one screw on the, on my mic stand that's not unscrewing the way I want it to. So this is just how we're going to live for the next hour. Oh, well. Um, <coughs> I think that was a real culmination of both of our energies right there. That's mm-hmm. kind of just the vibe check. Yeah, that makes um, sense. This week, we are talking about a game called Hi-Fi Rush. It is an action rhythm game. And if you don't want to hear us talk about this game at all, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 27 minutes, 26 seconds. Um, so Hi-Fi Rush is the newest game that we are playing. It came out earlier this year. And what was kind of special about this game and something that made me like, that piqued a lot of people's interest in it is that it kind of just came out. And when I mean kind of, I mean exactly. It came out the day it was announced. 
Um, That's insane. Which games don't do that for obvious reasons. Um, but when you are the one that gets away with it, um, you can benefit greatly from it. And it was added to Game Pass day one. Um, it's published by Bethesda. We've accidentally been playing a few published by Bethesda games, which I didn't mean to have happen. But they're all developed by different studios. Um, never mind. <laughs> Not an accident. Yeah. Not developed by different studios. This is the same developer as... Ghostwire Tokyo. They also developed um, both of the Evil Within games. So okay. I didn't know that going into this. Um, back to back, man. But um, these games feel totally different. Like, I, d- I don't know if there's really any, like, measure to this that you can be like, oh, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo and Hi-Fi Rush, easily same developers. That You literally couldn't tell, dude. Because I, it's been on record... Did not like Ghostwire Tokyo. And this movie just felt like a game. Just a game. Had no problem with it. Um, You compared it to a game I had played before. The skating game. What was it called again? I'm asking you to like recall something you said a week ago. Um, Jet Set Radio. Jet Set Radio. I got that game from GameStop in the used bin for $2. I thought that was an indie game that no one else had ever played before. So when you said nope, Jet Set published Radio. published by Sega. Yeah, when you said Jesset Radio, I'm like, other people played this game? I thought this was made like by some dude in his basement. Also, yeah. just as a check-in, I am now holding my microphone okay. like a madman. So, f- so apologies for any audio issues. <laughs> this is not how I wish to be doing this. Um, but yeah, so Hi-Fi Rush is, like I said, a rhythm action game. And so what that means is it is a fully developed third-person action platformer game that encourages you but doesn't necessarily demand you to time your attacks to the rhythm of the music that is going on in the background. Um, And the thing about rhythm games is your enjoyment of them is going to be, at least in my opinion, directly tied to whether or not you are good at them or not. Yes. And the thing is, this game tries to help you out so many times. I mean, like, you don't need to know any rhythm. You don't need to feel rhythm. We'll give you a million visual cues. And yes. And uh, you, I don't know if those would help anybody. You kind of just need to feel it. Yeah. And the thing that I struggle with when it comes to this game is when I was studying music, Um, I was much more of like a technical person than I was like an intuition person. And a lot of, a lot of like the foundation of rhythm is intuition. So the struggle that I had with this game is the time it would take for me to process the rhythm and then turn that rhythm into fluid movement has a big enough delay to where I am no longer in sync with the game like it wants me to be right um so by the time i've processed like okay this is the timing i need we've already moved on to something else and i'm late already um another thing about this game that i didn't super love is that with the exception of the boss battles a lot of the music sounds the same dude they have you seen you saw that prompt that came up a couple times that lets you know when like the music changed yes good night tell 
Yeah. Um, for the boss battles, and the only reason why you can tell in the boss battles is because they use like music from bands. Like the first boss battle is to a nine inch nail song. Right. Um, and all the other like level music is just, you know, in-house developed composition music. Now I'm not yep. saying that that music was bad. It, it, it very much served the purpose that it needed to serve. But Alex, uh, I played the first three levels. Is that how many you played as well? Um, what happened at the end of the second level? Um, the end of the second level was like the WrestleMania boss battle. Um, and then the third level was the volcano. Didn't get to the volcano. I got to the okay. second level. It's so I'm always, I shouldn't be blown away. And to, at this point, I expect it. But how much better you are at just regular <laughs> games, just regular games. Because if it was like a racing game or like open world sandbox, I I'll get I'll be better better or we'll just be comparable, like same level. But if it comes to just straight up Hollow Knight, Ghostwire Tokyo, Hi-Fi Rush, just regular games. You are 50% better than me. <laughs> it's um, insane. Yeah, cuz pretty much all of the level all of the levels that I played I finished in an hour, which is kind of long for levels. Like I feel like in most games levels take anywhere between like 15 and 45 minutes, which I understand is a big window, but the difference between 45 minutes and an hour when it comes to like designing levels is like it's it's crazy. It's it's a big difference. Um and so because I'm in these levels for an hour when things become stagnant, I notice. Yes. That's fair. I I thought here's the thing. I don't know why. I don't know how you're so much faster than me. I don't feel like I was slow. <laughs> Maybe I was trying to figure out like the game. Oh, here's the thing. I I played the game as if I loved it. So I went and I found every hidden room. I broke every single crate. I went through the menus. I'm like, what move should I learn? And I forgot. Like I'm I'm basically speed running this game. <laughs> I got to consume as much of it as possible. I'm just like goofing off in this world. Um, But you do bring up a good point where this game has a pretty robust um, combo list, move list. And I have always been the kind of person in fighting games, in any game that requires any sort of combination of button presses, where I will learn three and carry those three until the end of the game. And so even though the combos in this game are very simple, it's all X, Y, X, X, Y, 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 X, Y, X. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I don't need to know all that. I'm either going to button mash or do the three combos I know. Yeah, um, I'm exactly the same. And I felt like in this game, I struggled a lot more with being held by the hand than I did in, Co in Ghostwire Tokyo. Like, we complained about Ghostwire Tokyo taking a long time to, like, let you have control of the game. Um, this game takes it away from you frequently. Like, the entire first level is all tutorial. And like I said, that first level's an hour. And so it's just a lot of, like, Stopping and starting and stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And so that was a little rough to get into. The second level I thought I had a, I had a lot more fun with. Um, yes, that is true. I'm the same way. I mean, I was, I'm kind of the kind of guy who's like, 
give me it all to give it all to me at once. Give me a tutorial. I don't care if the tutorial is 30 minutes long and then like unleash me on the world. But like I do get really annoyed with the tutorial that lasts the entire length of the first level. Yeah. That's really annoying. And then even with the second level kind of by then you've saved up enough credits or gears rather to unlock new stuff. And I'm like, I just got good at the old stuff, man. Oh my God. Ratchet and Clank, the new one had the worst about this. I think I talked about this when I, when I talked about the game, when I first played it, where it was just like every time I had enough money to get a new thing, the thing after that would unlock and I wouldn't have enough money for that. And there was a very similar problem in this game where like you weren't given like, new guns or weapons or anything but like there were lots of upgrades like health tank upgrades and new special moves and eventually you unlock these things called chips which give you um extra health pickups or extra energy pickups and balancing all of that got a little too much a little too quick um there was just enough seeds of backtracking planted that I felt no desire to really like search the nooks and crannies of each level. Also all the collectibles you can get, you could just buy at the end of the level for, I'm going to say considerably cheap. It didn't Um, make sense how inexpensive stuff was. Cause like you needed to collect four of a certain collectible in order to boost your health gauge. Right. Pretty common. Yep. Um, or if you just, saved all your money from a level you could buy four entire health gauge additions so you're effectively buying 16 collectibles all at once just for playing a single level now you're not gonna be able to buy anything else but like it's there (laughs) yeah it was it was annoying to me because i did like literally in the first level i bought every single move you could at the end of the first level kind of like halfway through the second I bought every single move you could. I'm like, I'll get to the health stuff later. You just buy it in batches. I'm like, is this sustainable? Am I flying through this faster than I should? Because also, I wasn't very good at the timing the rhythm stuff. Because like, what threw me off is that the heavy takes two beats. And the other one doesn't. And So so the problem that I had with that and... Maybe I'm just talking about it and who knows if this is actually true is I feel like the rhythm of all of the songs were a little too quick yep. to have to balance one beat versus two beats because I'm trying to remember like what the rhythm was because like I said, they were all pretty similar because I think it was all just kind of like a two, three, four, like a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, yeah. two, three, four, which is pretty fast to put in your button inputs yeah they don't have a lot of room for hesitation so like and like you get combo bonuses it's like a regular fighting game there's bonuses and there's critical hits and stuff like that dude i think this is one of those things like just like you said you get real good at like three or four of those things you just do those for the rest of the game you don't have time to learn anything else and so the big problem that i had fundamentally is i couldn't care less about the platforming. Oh, I was weird that we're just because this game has like three or four different views. It just sends you through different ones. And so the game does have rhythmic platforming and there are parts of it that are cool. But like I said, the rhythm 
or the 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 delay that my brain takes to interpret rhythm and turn it into movement in a video game those are like three separate brain processes that my brain just refuses to do quickly um and so there was more than one almost every time i needed to do something that relied on the rhythm i would always spend like two measures reestablishing it like yeah. there yeah, would just dude. be like two, i'm like tapping my like, foot like okay how okay get in got it okay now i'm ready it was so annoying so like there would be like platforms that would like raise and fall or whatever and so i'd be like okay one, two, three, four. One, yeah. two, jump, four. One, two, go, four. <laughs> and Dude, I felt so dumb having a background in music. Not even good, like, not like you do, but I'm like, golly, dude. <laughs> I'm like, and I have so, to focus way too much. And so because there was so much platforming and I didn't care about the platforming, everything relied on the combat. Yeah. Only problem being, combat would last 90 seconds. Dude, it was and, over way too fast, except for the boss battles, which took longer. And I always felt like the wave of enemies would end as soon as I was getting into my groove. And it just, like, the whole point of this game, the whole reason I was excited for this game was because I wanted to feel good using rhythmic combat and when i was succeeding in that rhythmic combat i felt really good but i was almost always hit with a certain roadblock either there's a barrier that uh peppermint has to shoot down or i'm in a boss battle and we've entered a new wave so we have to watch a cinematic or um they're refreshing the bots and it takes a second for yeah. the new enemies to what get on What the heck field. was up with that, dude? Is you beat them and they just more ones came out of the ground. I'm like, keep them coming. What are we doing? So I would enjoy a much more combat oriented version of this game. Um, and I don't know if it becomes more combat oriented later on, but the way it stands in the first three levels, um, there was there was just a little bit too much just movement for yeah. my personal taste. Now, this game's going to give you a story whether you want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you might be going into this game thinking, cool, I just get to press X and Y in time. No. Hey, do you want to hear about the intricacies of corporate espionage? No. Oh, too my. bad. <laughs> the problem that I had with the story about this game, and I'm not going to waste your time um, telling it to you. Not that it's bad. It's not actively bad. It's just like not the most interesting part of this game um, is I felt like the, the protagonist was a little too blase about everything that was going on. Like he needed to be coerced into helping the main group on more than one occasion. And I'm just like, dude, you're the main character of this game. Stop fighting it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, don't you realize you have basically superpowers and like you're whooping everybody. Can you help out a little bit? If you're just like, I got to get out here. I got to get past QA. I got to give out. I'm like, bro, just help out a little bit. OK, dude. <laughs> also, I could not care less about this story. Yeah. 
Um, I paid attention to it just because I, and not just because, I, I don't need to defend myself. I, I did watch it. I do like giving game stories the benefit of the doubt, um, especially when I've been tasked with reviewing a game. I feel like I should also watch yeah. the story a little bit. I, mean, I paid attention to the story. <laughs> I just didn't like it. So when I said yeah. I couldn't care less, I'm like, I watched it, but I'm like, eh, they would, they live, they die, some bad things happen. Uh, I don't care. I liked the characters enough. Like I liked. You liked um, the sidekick 808. Uh yeah. So the main character is named Chai, and he's just like stereotypical kind of like loser, <laughs> cool guy, burnout kind of guy. Um, and then he gets like a cat companion named 808. And the cat is a robot. And the person that built the robot is named Peppermint. And she is the one leading the charge against this surprise, surprise, evil tech company. Um, And that's kind of the gist of it. But, like, I really liked all those character dynamics. Peppermint was a little too, like, I'm smarter than you, so I get to be sassy about it. Like, that dynamic kind of got old. But it wasn't, like, awful. I've seen worse. Um, it didn't turn me off of the game. Um, I just think overall, this game is so close on so many levels. Like, um, when this game came out, a lot of people really liked it. Um, and I think a lot of that was because they didn't know what to expect. Like I said, this game was released the same day it was announced. People didn't have time to gather expectations, And so I think that for a lot of people, this game was a pleasant surprise. Um, Considering how this was not a surprise for me, I knew what I was getting myself into. Maybe it falls a little bit short because of that. Um, But again, it's not like I disliked the game. I enjoyed playing it. There are just some tweaks about it that I think if it was, if if parts of this game were just a little bit different, I would be much more willing to go back to this game for longer. Yes, I this game is not for me, but whatever. Big surprise to everybody. I felt like it it lacked something and I don't know what it is. It did. I don't know how you can do this, but there was it was obviously level based, but I had the illusion that it wasn't because of how you play it. Yeah. And that is annoying for me because Hollow Knight did something similar, but Hollow Knight is a platformer. So I never forgot that although I can go anywhere I want. There are levels to this. And so this kind of circles back to that point I was making about um, planting the seeds of backtracking. Because after the third level, you get a new character that you can equip as a sidekick like Peppermint, who destroys big walls, big cracked walls. And a few of those are scattered throughout the first three levels. And so when I saw those, I'm like, oh, can I attack this? And then I saw that I can't. I'm like, ugh. I'm going to have to come back for this, aren't I? And as soon as I realized that, I stopped caring about collectibles and exploring the map to its fullest. Because, um, again, these are long levels. I don't want to play through long levels just so I can get, you know, just so I can use this one ability that I just got. Um, Yeah. But I do want to say, I've been ragging on this game a lot. And like I said, the combat feels good when you get in the groove. It's just a matter of finding the groove. Big um, surprise. This game is good when you are good at the game. Also, um, <laughs> the art style is very distinct. It's cell-shaded. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this game uses bright colors in a way that games kind of just don't. Like, this game is very blue and purple and just, like, bright. Um, And I really appreciated that, like, color scheme, too. Um, Another game that I would equate it to is uh, Sunset Overdrive. But again, Sunset Overdrive people equated to Jet Set Radio, so I guess it's Turtles all the way down. Yep. Um, so if you like games that are very movement based, that encourage you to play differently, that, you know, the games that encourage you to play outside your own comfort box, Hi-Fi Rush, super low barrier to entry. And you'll know by the end of the first level, if it's something that you want to continue playing. Um, and like Alex said earlier, this game, um, does not shame you at all for not getting the rhythm part. Like it helps you every way you can. And at the end of the day, even if you suck at the rhythm stuff, you can still beat the game. You're just going to get low scores on all the combat stuff. Yeah. That's annoying though. I didn't like that whole D tier to S tier stuff. I'm like, this is just unnecessary. I don't, I Um, get why people, you know, I don't get why people would like that. It was annoying for me the whole time, getting graded on my performance. I'm like, bro, I was trying to survive, okay? <laughs> Am I still alive? Okay. Sounds good to me. Sounds like I succeeded. So what it sounds like is that Alex averaged maybe below a B rank on most of his combat encounters. There was a couple times where I got an S tier, and I'm like, I feel nothing. This did not give me what I thought I felt. Because I was chaining stuff perfectly, and I'm just like... Once I realized that the S tier does not give you happiness, yeah, it was a whole lot of B tiers. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like I would have been way less vocally harsh on this game if really they just changed how the combat encounters worked. If there was just more of them or they lasted longer, then I would have a lot fewer problems. That would be the biggest problem that they could solve in a single action. Um Everything else is just kind of semantics, you know, menus and collectibles and backtracking. Like those are all details. Like the combat and the movement is really the lifeblood of this game. Um, so all that being said, I think we're going to give it similar scores for the first time in video games history. Um, I don't know. Cause so I was going into this willing to give it a flat seven, but now that we have talked about it, <laughs> Alex very quickly realized that maybe oh, the scores are not going to be similar. That is high. <laughs> um, but because I think this game does have an audience and I just don't fall into that audience and um, I'm willing and I see a lot of the games. I'm st- The longer I talk about it, the more dissatisfactions I see personally having. So I think it sits closer to like a six and a half. Okay, I'm giving it a flat six. Yeah, sure, totally. So it's just like this. I mean, it's hard not to grave stuff on a curve because I know they're not for me. So I want to kind of just give them like an extra, you know, a couple of points because, <laughs> you know, it's just me. But like, I recognize it's just a good, it's exactly what you think it is when you sign on for it. Yeah, nothing like about no this game. Nothing about this game screams like technical limitations. Like yeah. everything about this game was a creative choice. 100% agree. Okay, Alex, what are we doing for our improv segment? We're doing The Apprentice, a.k.a. The Master and the Apprentice. We have a master character who's been doing a job for a while. Um, been really flying by the seat of his pants, 
doing just enough to keep the job. And the apprentice comes in. This guy went to college. He got an internship. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's coming in because he needs, he has all this education and no experience. He needs to get the experience. And he finds out that the master who's supposed to be training him has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. And we just saw it play it out in multiple occupations. Okay. Um, Alex, I want you to be the master first because I got a good one for you. Dope. Um, what are we doing? I want you to teach me how to be a grape squasher at a vineyard. Okay. That pause, man. I'm like, <laughs> how to be a grape? Show me how to be a grape squasher. Or I'll, I'll, I'll broaden you up a little bit. Make me, uh, you are in charge of grape processing from the, from it being picked to the vine to it being sent to be in wine. You're in charge of the grapes. Sweet. I can do that. Um, hi, is this, uh, is this Lily's vineyard? Yeah. Step right in. You must be the new guy. Yeah. 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 I'm looking for, uh, I'm, I'm looking for Ricardio. Uh, Ricardo. That's me. And okay. what's, what's your Oh, name? your business card says Ricardio. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's an error. They've been printing that for years, but I only okay. I had like 2,000 of them made, so we just really don't have time to go back and fix them. I don't want to waste all that money. Vista Print's a ripoff. Anyways, you were saying, what's your name? Um, uh, my, my name's Timothy. Hi. Um, Timothy. Yeah, no, I... J- I well, just, um, uh, my dad had a few grapevines, like not, not like a farm or anything, but like he just kind of grew them in our backyard and, uh, I, I've been interested in them for a while. So, um, I'm excited for this internship, man. All right, Timmy, you talk a lot. Let's get a couple things straight. I know this business from the vine to the wine. Nobody does this better than me. So let me start you with the basics. You're going to start from level one. You're going to be the bottom of the bottom. And maybe eventually you can get up to my level. So let's start off. We'll go out to the vineyard and I'll show you around, show you the picking procedures, the whole nine. Are you ready? Can I talk now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I y- yes, I am ready. Alec. Okay. All right. So here's our first vine. Are you familiar with this grape? Um, am I familiar with this grape? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a classic Concord. Okay. Out here we like to call it the purple ones. Okay. Um. Okay. We- there are several purple grapes though like it's not just the conquered grape but they taste more or less the same so what we do is we pick these by hand obviously and if you can't and if that's a little too slow sometimes we just shake the vine and it should come off Collect do you guys these. not have a machine for this we have of course we have a machine for this okay but like i mean the guy who used to work on it retired a couple years ago so like we're bringing it back to our roots so yeah we shake the vine Put them in these buckets. We walk over there to that little stru- stone structure. Take off our shoes. Take off our socks. Wash our feet, obviously, and then uh, we get the juice out. Um, uh, R- Ricardo, uh, you have you have some open wounds on your foot. Is that is that okay to be going into the into the grape into the grape smusher? Here's the thing. This is all gonna be converted to alcohol later anyway, so like it'll kill everything. So don't really don't wash your feet, but like don't. I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, no one's catching COVID from wine so okay um if you say so yeah so um, you follow so far so we go over there you know mash it juice comes out of that little spout right there we put another bucket there then we take it over to that building over there we boil it mm. you keep saying that building and you're kind of just pointing in vague directions that lead further into the field i um i i, I don't know what buildings you're talking about that one right the one with the pointy top the one with the silo? 
I'm pretty sure it's not called that anymore. I feel like we're not supposed to say that. That building with the point top, we go over there. In there, okay, uh, there's an oven or stove, some one of those. We put it in a bucket. No, pot. We put it in a pot, boil it, I don't know, till it starts to smell. And then... Till it starts to smell like what? The grapes already smell. They smell like grapes. Smell like um, sugary, I guess. And then when it's done... Then you grab a couple wine bottles we got back, put it in there, write the date that you did it, and then uh, we Hold wait, on. pretty much. Hold on. So we don't, like, ferment them at all? What, what do you think it's doing in the bottle, doofus? <laughs> um. Okay. So just a few kind of off-the-dome questions. Yeah. Um, one, um, you said to wash our feet. We never washed the grapes. I don't know how many times I got to tell you this. It's turning into alcohol. Alcohol kills everything. At what point does it turn into alcohol? We didn't do any alcohol in the process. In the bottle. Are you not paying attention? (laughs) It ferments in the bottle. Fermenting is when alcohol is produced. Alcohol kills all the bacteria. Ipso facto sanitization. So just so I'm 100% clear on our process. We take the grapes, we mush the grapes, we boil the grapes, and then we bottle the grapes. No other steps taken. Well, after they're done being bottled, then we have to label them later, but that's really not us. That's the that's the labeling team. So Okay, and no other ingredients are going into these wines except for the grapes. If, here's the thing, this happened to me last week. If you boil too much out, remember I said you're, you're smelling that sweet smell? If it stops being sweet, that means you boiled it for too long, add some sugar then you're good. So the sugar is only added as like a precautionary measure. I mean, I wouldn't go around telling anybody that you're adding sugar. I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. But like, okay. if you boil it for too long and the, sh- the sugar, is, you start smelling sugar, that's bad, I think. Or, it means we sh- I sh- I'm either supposed to add sugar or water. We'll we'll, we'll mess with it uh, when you get really good at this and then uh, we'll see which one tastes better. Okay, let's cut to the corporate office of Lily's Vineyards while they talk about their financial earnings. I don't know, boss. I'm just saying we're overspending by like if we I think we just need to cut like one employee. What about what about that like Ricardo guy that's uh that hangs out in like the single vineyard? Oh, you mean the guy who's running our entire Concord operation? We can't cut him, dude. We can't. We cut literally everybody else on his team. He's the only one out there. I'm just saying. He's not actually giving us wine. He's giving us boiled grape juice. But, like, I'm pretty sure his family owns, like, a stake in this place. So if we fire him, we might actually, like, be avoiding a contract. So let's just appease him. Give him a job. He hasn't caught any buildings on fire. He's not producing that much wine, and the vineyard isn't that big. So I don't think we're losing that much money. Hey, boss, if you need me to take this guy out, just say so. I'll do it. Cox gun. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> Let me tell you, making up stuff is really easy when you actually have no idea how wine is made. <laughs> it's so easy. I skipped like two steps that I know you're supposed to do. Everything else, I'm like, ah, that's pretty much how you do it. <laughs> uh, all right, Alec. You're not Alec. You're Alex. Yeah. Um, what 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 do I got? What do I got? Um, you are a racing coach and you just got a uh, new racing driver coming to you he's been karting for the past five to ten years 
he's ready to move on to the next level. So you're in like a, a Porsche GT3. And uh, he's actually starting to get paid for racing. There's sponsorships. There's mechanics on the team. There's pit stops, the whole nine. And you're coaching him for the upcoming season. Okay. Sweet. Now, listen up, boy. You think that just because you've made it to the big leagues, that means you're ready for the big leagues? I mean, I'm actually very nervous. Um, As you should be. No one out there's no one out there cares about what you think, how you drive, what you feel. They only care if they're going to make it to the finish line before you do. All right? You your life means nothing. Um okay, that's a little nihilistic. Um listen, I've seen eight drivers of my own out there all right i've had eight different students go through and become professional racers and you know what's happened to every single one of them they've died all right not not always on the track like like david had a heart condition that we maybe should have screened him for beforehand um uh tyler uh was caught in a bank robbery um dylan did die on the track though that one was on him um, so what did, why are you telling me this? Just to know that I know racing is serious? Yes. I got to put all of this into perspective for you because if there's one thing that young people don't have, it's perspective. Now we got to get you started. All right. Over here. This is your mechanic team. They're going to handle everything about your car except for the go pedal on the left. So all so basically, you just make sure that left pedal to the metal. They take care of everything else. Oh, uh, this sounds silly. I've never raced a GT3 car before. Do you guys put the accelerator on the left and then the brake on the right? And then what clutch is? Is it dual clutch? Or am I not using clutch at all? Or how does this work? Do I put the pedal in? I don't put the pedal anywhere. Uh, the pedals are exactly where they're supposed to be. So, like, if you think one should be on one side, that's probably where it is. Right. Now, what okay. was all that you were talking about? Kutch and whatnot? The clutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, how this works, all right? If you don't know, um, this car right here. Um, you need to shift it into various gears to make sure you don't blow the engine. That's how Dylan went out. Now, if you recall, I'm sure you already know, I got to tell you for my own consciousness. Um, first gear, top left, all right? Second gear, slam on the brakes and the clutch at the same time. Take that gear shifter, slam it as far down on that track as possible. That'll put you into second gear, all right? Second gear is good for overtaking people and uh, down the, the fast lanes, all right? Then, when you're on those corners, you're going to want to shift it into third. That's when you slam on the gas and the clutch at the same time. Throw that gear shift all the way to the right. That's third gear, all right? And finally, fourth gear is when you're cruising on home after victory. For that one... You just kind of lean out the window of your car and wave to everybody. And the car knows to go into fourth gear after that. Any questions? <laughs> A few. Um, if, let's just, um, general questions. Do I get any sim time? Um, I mean, I guess if you want. Um, we have an older computer. It can only run The Sims 3. Um, or SimCity, which is weird because SimCity takes like way more processing power, but we have Sims 3 with the 
pets expansion and the Star Wars expansion, but nothing else. So I guess if you want some time with that, you could do that. Okay, I must have misspoken or something. I meant like driving simulator. Do you guys have a dedicated driving simulator so I can like practice the tracks? Oh, I mean, if you come out to the tracks at night, there's normally no one guarding them. So you can just have a few laps. In the car? I mean, yeah. Is there any emergency services or anything like that available? Is the Uh, team out here? Do you want to get caught? No. Doesn't that seem a little unsafe to you? Did any of your guys die outside of the race, like practicing like that? Did any of my guys? Let me think. Timothy Dillon. One must have. I just can't remember off the top of my head. So, um... I wasn't there for it, obviously. This is kind of a you thing. So um, I think you're ready for your race. The mechanics team has uh, finished you up. Uh, Jeff Gordon's just about to round us again. So uh, why don't you get on out there, buddy? I think you're trying to kill me. Do I know you? Oh, no, 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 no. If I was going to kill you, I would have done it outright. Cox gun. Absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Also, Note to self, never do a character with a gravelly voice again. That was awful. There was a couple of times where I'm like, is this Will Arnett trying to be Batman? <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on to our middle segment. Yes. This is a segment I am calling, um, Can We Fix It? Basically, I have a bunch of problems that vary in severity. And I like the way you say problems, g- like they're not actually problems. <laughs> And we're going to come up with general blanket solutions to these problems. Now, you're going to feel real stupid for making fun of me calling these things problems. Because the (laughs) first one that I have written down is, Alex, can we fix the disappearing middle class? Okay. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to throw out one right off the bat. I say we stop making them go through the process of disappearing and just put them out of their misery. Right? Right. I think the reason why we're so afraid of the middle class disappearing is because we haven't lived without the middle class existing. So if we just let it finish disappearing, and then we don't have to worry about what life is going to be like because we have it already. No All more right. fear. We got it. Counterpoint, right? Okay. I think the middle class is important. And because billionaires <laughs> make so much money, all it takes is like freaking 50 guys. To, like, get all their money. Yeah. <laughs> like, 50 guys who are well-armed and very good planners. <laughs> listen, and I feel like listen. we could get access to a, a lot of cash. Because here's the thing about billionaires. It doesn't matter how big your Ocean's 8 team is. You'll be able to split it enough ways and still walk away pretty okay. Yeah. Also, you're only splitting it among the middle class. Not everybody's getting a piece. So like, and you don't even need to do much. Just like get universal health care or something. When people yeah. don't have to worry about medical payments, they can spend the money on something else. Or like, I don't know, sell a bunch of stuff. Um, The next problem that we're going to fix is, this is one that hits close to home for us, is uh, how do we fix the Michigan road problem? So for those of you that don't know, uh, Michigan is notorious for having the worst roads on the planet because um, there are potholes every winter and they never get fixed so much so that every politician and i am not exaggerating every politician has to say something about the roads because it is mandatory for their platform now alex how do we stop talking and actually fix the roads turns out i just did some googling 
Michigan is only the 12th worst. Okay, well, we're number one at complaining about it. So maybe <laughs> maybe we need to shift the problem. How do we better cope with the Michigan roads? Um, okay, this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like we'd notice a lot less of the bumps if we bring back drinking and driving. <laughs> okay. Now, we're not talking about drunk driving, obviously, but like... Just allow open containers back in the car. <laughs> Just let me let me sip on a Bud Light and just take the edge off before the pothole takes my edge off. Right. Also, we can keep the potholes in the city. I'm talking like country roads and highways, 50 and up. When like when you hit it, it hurts or it's like obnoxious. <laughs> where the whole road road feels like a rumble strip. When that's you get when some airtime off that pothole, that's when you do it. Um, I'm just going to do one more to keep this middle segment short and sweet so we can spend some time on the one hit. Um, uh, concert etiquette is becoming a real problem. Um, people went two years without going to concerts and forgot how to behave. Um, throwing things at artists, um, lodging complaints against other concert goers when they don't deserve it. So let's just, let's bring back the golden rule for concert etiquettes. Okay. Um, the, the first thing about concert etiquette, it's not that deep. Hey, guys. Hey, gang. It's not that deep. <laughs> I think we Once should bring you... back streakers and people who rush the stage. Expand on that. Okay. Um, You pay hundreds of dollars to see a show, right? Correct. And it's the same show as everybody else. I'm pretty sure I've seen the entirety of the Eras Tour by now. Yeah. It's... The show she does in Phoenix is the same show she does in L.A., which is the same show she does in Vegas, the same show she does With in With the Seattle. exception of her secret songs or whatever, but right. I don't care. But we can all agree no nude body looks identical. So every once in a while, we just need someone to get a little bold and just freaking sprint across the stage. Okay, and but he, this is what we do, okay? So in order to keep this from becoming like a hazard, like a safety hazard, we make it like a raffle. Like, like a look hey, under your chairs, who's the guy? Yeah, exactly. And, like, can you imagine being like, oh, yeah, I got to be the streaker at Taylor Swift's L.A. show? And like, obviously, we're going to do it smart. There's going to be no minors doing it. I know a lot of, like, young girls are going to these things. Obviously, it's 18 and up, okay? And there's multiple people because we know one in five people is going to do it. Most people don't want to do it. Someone's got one in five, bro. So we'll put under five people's it. chairs. Somebody's going to do it. And then on top of so, that, there's going to be a karaoke portion of the show where whoever steals the mic from Taylor first gets to do a song with her. So did we fix concert etiquette? No. Did we make concerts way more exciting? Absolutely. Yeah. Does we added have to etiquette. F- <laughs> we, we added new features to the show. <laughs> and now no one is going to throw a microphone at Cardi B ever again. Um, Alex, what's our one hit? Our one hit is called Learn the Basics. I have gone to a website called fourhatsandfrugal.com. And if you search questions no one's ever been asked before, 100 questions no one ever asked, I'm going to cherry pick 50 of them. That's a lot. Let's not. Maybe. maybe... Here's the thing. Craig, you offer no explanations. Okay. And we, this is just a chance for our audience to know you. And it's a one-hit wonder, so you don't get to turn this back on me. And these are questions you've never been asked before. The questions the audience would never think to ask. 
And I think by answering all of these 50 or so questions, they're going to know a lot about you. So okay. don't feel the need to expand unless you get real defensive. Do you sleep with your closet doors open or closed? It's a sliding door. One of them's open. One of them's closed. Do you take the shampoos and conditioner bottles from hotels? No. Do you sleep with your sheets tucked in or out? Out. Have you stolen a street sign before? No. Do you like post-it notes? Not usually. Do you ever save coupons and then never use them? Some might argue that's not saving. Um, I I would prefer to never take coupons from my grocer if I never had to. Would you rather be attacked by a bear or a swarm of bees? A bear. What if it's a big bear? A bear. I hate bees. Do you have freckles? Um, Yes. Do you always smile for pictures? No. What I try. Your... I try to. It, it's not a real human smile. Do you ever count your steps when you walk? Um. Yes, I count my steps. Um. If it's like a tiled floor, I'll see how many tiles I can cross in a step. Have you ever pooped in the woods? No. Do you ever chew on pens or pencils? No. What is the size of your bed? Twin XL. Do you still watch cartoons? Yes. What is your least favorite movie? Clockwork Orange. <laughs> if you were to bury hidden treasure, where would it be? Probably in like my hometown ravine. What do you drink with dinner? Um, usually a soda. What's your preferred thing to dip a chicken nugget in? Um, honey. Not honey mustard, just honey. Were you ever a Boy Scout? Nope. Would you ever strip or pose nude in a magazine? Ever's a strong word. I, I would have to be sold on it, but it's not out of the question. Can you change the oil in a car? Have I ever? No. Uh, do you know how to? No. Have you ever run out of gas? No. What's your favorite kind of sandwich? PB&J. Three slices of bread. <laughs> Freaking hate you. Best thing to eat for <laughs> breakfast? Um, Practically, um, I would say like pancakes. Um, For fun, toaster strudels. What is your usual bedtime? Um, 12.30, 1 o'clock. What is your Chinese astrological sign? What animal are you? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Do you have any magazine subscriptions? Yeah, when I bought my PlayStation, uh, I got a year of Game Informer. Who's better, Kimmel or Fallon? Fallon. Have you ever watched soap operas? Um, not intentionally. Are you afraid of heights? Yeah. Do you sing in the shower? No, not anymore. And have you ever used a gun? Yes. There you go. That's more or Any less. Any of those 50 you questions. would like to double back on? I'm gonna. All right. Um, there's another fifty. I'm gonna scroll through and see if I can find anything cool. Um. Have you ever eaten a pierogi? Not to my knowledge. I don't even know what a pierogi is off the top of my. It's some kind of sandwich. Yeah, it's always a sandwich. Is there a profession you picture your future spouse doing? My, no, but like in my head, they have a psychology degree. And I think that's only because I've been friends with exclusively psychology majors my entire life. Okay. Okay. Which is better, black or green olives? I don't like olives. What is the best room for a fireplace? Um, Your secondary gathering room. So not the living room, but the next place that people gather in. Okay. And final question. What is your favorite color? Purple. Beautiful. Let's learn the basics. One hit wonder. I would just like to take a moment to discuss what might have gotten edited out, but the very distinguished 
pause of disgust when I mentioned the three bread sandwich that I make. Freaking hate it so much. <laughs> Do you hate it because um I Because I'm you're not McDonald's the and this isn't a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking annoying, dude. Would you rather me make two separate sandwiches and waste another slice of bread? No. Yes. Yes, yes I would. <laughs> Don't speak for me. <laughs> this, oh, what man. if what this feels like this gives the same energy as like someone watching all the marvel movies and then decides they want a robert downey jr beard like the one that gets cut all those weird angles whatever because they want to be special i'm like hey man i know what you're trying to do you're not him i don't think that's what this is it at all i'm not trying to make i'm not trying to make the big mac pb and j i'm just trying to maximize the amount of substance that i can consume effectively what if I told you you could take a spoon? Okay. Scoop peanut butter. Yeah. Take a spoon, scoop uh-huh. jelly. Yeah. Could be different spoons. And then take a bite of bread and it does the exact same That's thing. That's stu okay, hold on. <laughs> My thing is controversial. What you said was just stupid. <laughs> I call it PB and J deconstruct. <laughs> and it it accomplishes what you're saying, but you don't look stupid. Can I just say um, one of my favorite things is to be asked about myself. Um, I'm narcissistic in that way. So I could have done that one hit. If we weren't recording, I could have done that one hit forever. When we're recording, I'm very aware of how much time we're spending on every segment. But if we just did that lackadaisically, I, that could have been my entire night. And I would have been okay with it. <laughs> well, it's also nice that you don't have to explain yourself. It's just straight up questions. And, yeah. and there's no point in lying because they don't mean anything. Was there a question... That you asked, and I gave an answer that you weren't expecting? Um, I don't think so. I think I know okay. you well enough that I'm like, even, yeah, the psychologist thing makes sense. Um, I really wasn't expecting it, but as soon as you said it, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. Um, the closet, I could have, I guess it doesn't make a difference. Closet is so not important. It's crazy how like that question might have been the least consequential. Because at least like the pierogi question is like, oh, if you've never had one, we could try one sometime. The clo- the closet one is nothing. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a closet clothes kind of guy. So I'm um, like, oh, I guess it doesn't really matter what happened. I mean, he's bold. Okay, let's do this. Are you a bathroom door open or a bathroom door closed? Open. Open. It's always open. Always open. Close it when it's being used. Yeah. I had to like talk about that with a roommate once where I was like, hey, um, if no one's in there, why not just keep it open? And it was like a, a lot thing of people were just like, like, well, it smells. I don't want anybody to go in. I'm like, hey, man. It's 2023. There are things to do to make sure it doesn't like smell as bad or at all. And also, it's going to smell for all of two minutes. Bathroom smells dissipate pretty quick. Also, explain to me in your dumb freaking squirrel brain why closing the door (laughs) is going to dissipate the smell more. Like, the only reason I would maybe have the door closed is if I had like just thrown up in there. Or something. Yeah. Even then, dude, light a candle, air freshener, move on with your life. It For me, here's the reason why I would have it closed. If the, you have so little space, like we're talking studio apartment, that like having the door open detracts from the rest of the space. Or like on the back of this door is something you would use. 
so yeah. you need to have it closed. But like that applies to one in nine hundred Americans. So like yeah. it's a non factor. Um but anyway, yeah, that's the show. Um I don't think I have anything. I mean, I can continue talking about uh my jailbroken 2DS. I have not played a single game on it. <laughs> I jailbroke it like two weeks ago. I have not played a game on it yet. Uh, I'm gonna, though. <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna. I believe you. Um, I do believe you. Next week, we are playing a game called Wolong the Fallen Dynasty. Um, I was just browsing through Game Pass and uh, thought it looked like a cool, like, samurai game. So, we're gonna check it out. Um, who knows how much time I'm gonna put into that game because um, as of the release of this episode, uh, Starfield comes out tomorrow, <laughs> and, and Starfield's going to take precedent over a lot of things in my life. So we're going to see how that goes. Yeah, I, I can see this being like, oh, I got to throw three hours into it, spends three hours, records a couple hours later. Yeah. And then goes back um, to Starfield. But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.